If you have been wondering what the 2023 Alabama depth chart would look like, man, do I have the show for you. And it's this one. Congratulations, you're already here. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, I'm uh, I'm good. Uh, basketball, it's game day. It is game oh, day. I love saying it's game day, even when it's basketball or something else, but it, it's game day. Yeah, it's, it sounds like that's sort of a cliche thing. Like you'd say in the 80s, if you were a stock trader, like, you know, and you get up and it's like <laughs> a regular Tuesday, you're like, it's game day, baby. Um <laughs> First of all, thank you for making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys so much. Happy New Year again to everybody. Um, we are not going to dwell on this. We aren't going to talk about it. But uh, we are going to say uh, prayers up, thoughts, everything, uh, as cliche as that can be, uh, to Tamar Hamlin. Because, um, man, I was watching that Monday night game. And when he went down, um, you know, the first thing I thought was, okay, well, it, you know, this will take a second. Next thing you know, I mean, I'm really sort of not really paying attention to the game, and I look back up, and, like, there's just crowds of people, and I, I couldn't understand what happened. And apparently um, there now there's some theories out there about what may have happened, and it is such a, a freaky type of thing that it, it, if you saw the play, it wasn't like a huge hit or anything. But the timing of it all and where it occurred, um, it's just absolutely – Crazy how this happens, and um, man, uh, it's, yes, it's a dangerous sport. At the same time, I think this is one of those things that could happen in a lot of different ways. And uh, but regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, what a, it, it, the more we have found out about this guy, the only bright spot, the more we found out about this guy, he seems like a great dude. And um, maybe that's what we should have been focusing on all along is, you know, you sometimes you don't hear about how wonderful some of these players are until something happens to them, you know, because if they're not superstars. You know, if they're superstars, it's one thing. But I didn't know DeMar Hamlin before yesterday and or last night. And um, so I'm, I'm, I am thankful that I, that I know more about him and what a good person he is, and hopefully he is going to pull through this. And uh, we'll leave that there. Um, I know everybody out there feels the same way. Jimmy, we want to talk about the 2023 depth chart. And I know that when it comes to podcasting, since I let off with that, that's where we should start. But I am going to start with that in the second segment. And the reason is because um, we only have a few minutes left in this first segment. And there is a basketball game tonight. I told Miss Alabama's a 12 and a half point favorite uh, at home. I hope a lot of people show up. I do hate that it's a eight o'clock tip. I think the students will be back. I'm not 100%. Um, but I hope that we have a good crowd. And um, also Bracketology came out from Joe Lenardi on ESPN today. And it's got Alabama as a two seed playing in Birmingham. Um, and they would uh, be in the New York region. So they play in Birmingham the first two rounds and assuming they make the Sweet 16. Then it'd be in New York, which I assume would be at Madison Square Garden, which would be very cool. I, I need to look that up. I don't. I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there now. It would be much cooler for a guy like me if we were in the West region and then we got to go play at Vegas. Um, 
I'm going to probably either one. If we go to the Sweet 16, I'm, I'm, I've already made up my mind I'm going. I just would rather go to Vegas than New York uh, for a litany of reasons. But I, I just thought that was very uh, cool setup for Alabama. And let's just hope we can keep this thing rolling tonight. Certainly have the talent to do that. Certainly have the capability to do that. I think the non-conference portion of the schedule proved that Alabama basketball can play with anyone. Uh, there isn't a game uh, that Alabama can play where you don't give Alabama a chance. Obviously, uh, some matchups will be tougher than others. Some matchups in the SEC will be tougher than others. Uh, Ole Miss at home tonight is a challenge. They're a good team. Uh, uh, Alabama's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, though, for a reason. Uh, Alabama should win this game. It is at home. Alabama is the better team. But Ole Miss is dangerous. Ever, just about every single SEC team uh, presents some type of uh, of matchup issue. Uh, and Alabama responds. Alabama's played so many big games, Luke, in the non-conference schedule. What I'm interested in seeing is how does Alabama play at home when everyone expects you to win? When it's not a, quote, big game where people won't be on the edge of their seat before tip-off where, hey, this is a home game everyone expects you to win. Uh, I don't think classes start till next week, so it's likely not to be the most rowdy student section of the year. Uh, it, it probably won't be the liveliest environment in Coleman Coliseum that we'll see, like particularly on Saturday against Kentucky. It's going to be crazy. Uh, tonight won't be crazy. Uh, so uh, how is Alabama going to respond when everyone expects you to win, when everyone thinks it'll be, but we know it won't be. Luke, we've been around. We've seen the SEC basketball long enough to know the, the minute you think it's a cakewalk, you're down by eight. I mean, uh, you know, so, so Ole Miss is highly capable of uh, of presenting a Ching Alabama tough time tonight. How's Alabama going to handle being a solid favorite? That's that's what I'm uh, anxious to see. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and also, I mean, look, Ole Miss has lost their last two games. I mean, they lost to uh, North Alabama. And then they lost to Tennessee, although they had the lead in the Tennessee game at home for most of the con. Um, but in the end, Tennessee does get the win. So, uh, you know, T Ole Miss kind of comes in here reeling. I guess it just depends on – you never know which team you're going to get. They either come in reeling or they come in backed into a corner or maybe both, and you don't know what they're going to do when they're backed into said corner. Are they just going to keep backing up? You know, until they got a corner? Or are they going to pounce? And um, this is a, a, a good team. As I get a phone call after I begged uh, for no phone calls. Sorry about the phone calls. Um, so, <laughs> is that Kermit Davis? Is that Ole Miss's coach call giving you? He was like, "What are y'all doing talking about? Keep my name out your mouth." Begging um, to be a guest on the show, as always. Yes, we would. We would take him right now. All right, Jimmy, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get to um, we'll get to the depth chart that we talked about. So. Uh, betonline.net is where you want to go to get that bet in. I love betonline.net. Look, it's been awesome through the holidays when you're tired of dealing with your family. You can just sneak away, get on betonline.net, play a little poker, play a little blackjack, or you can you know, bet on one of these fabulous bowl games we've had. We've had a lot of good bowl games, a lot of fun bowl games. Betonline.net had you covered every which way you want to go. 
You see what I did there? Had you covered? Um, so betonline.net is the place to go. It's where the game starts. You will absolutely love it. Easy to pay in, even easier to get paid. And you can bet on just about whatever you want to when it comes to uh, college football or NFL, which is, you know, the playoffs are about to get kicked off. You want to get in on that action. Go to betonline.net. It's where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, so you came up with a post that was, frankly, brilliant. And, um yeah, I, I don't use that term loosely. Um, and it was your uh, depth chart. And I think what I'm going to let you do is essentially take one segment and talk about the offense and one segment and talk about the defense. And I think there are a few surprises in there for people. Maybe a little bit. Um, really, I was kind of focusing on on a starting lineup, and we can talk about the, the depth. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so early. Spring practice hasn't even started, but it's fun to talk about. So this is really more for entertainment purposes as opposed to Jimmy telling you who's going to be in the starting lineup against Middle Tennessee on September 2nd. But, you know, uh, but yeah, on offense uh, for, for the starter, you know, uh, I'm, I'm projecting that it's Ty Simpson. Uh, that's, that's my prediction. Uh, I'm actually higher on Jalen Milrow than most Alabama fans when I take the temperature on uh, the message boards and uh, social media higher on Milrow than most, but I still believe Ty Simpson will ultimately win the job and be Alabama's starting quarterback. Uh, I think at running back, it will be a three-headed monster. Uh, it will be a primary twosome of Jace McClellan and Jamarian Miller. Uh, I think they will be one and two and, and basically be the main ball carriers with Roy Dale Williams as a third, uh, I'm going to call him utility back. A guy's going to play a lot on third down. A guy might play a lot on the goal line. A guy's going to play a lot on special teams. Uh, but I think it'll be primarily Jason Miller. And then uh, Roy Dell is kind of a third back. Wide receiver, I see an exciting six-man rotation. I think the primary three guys, the three guys that will play the most snaps and catch the most balls will be Jermaine Burton, Malik Benson, and Ja'Cory Brooks. I think those will be the three guys. And, yeah, I threw in Malik Benson in there, the JUCO transfer. I think he'll be an immediate, impactful starter-type player, not off the bench, but also in the first-team rotation will be the three young guys, the three sophomores, Kendrick Law, Kobe Prentice, and Isaiah Bond. Uh, they will all be part of the first-team rotation. I'll catch a lot of balls, play significant roles uh, with the first team. Uh, at tight end, I actually see four guys playing quite a bit with the first team. I think C.J. Dupree, the Maryland transfer, will be the primary Y. I think Robbie Oost, uh, the junior, will be the primary H. I think uh, subbing in for those guys with the first team, Amari Nablack will come off the bench, and uh, he'll sub in for Oost at H when we need to throw the football and when we need to run it in short yardage and we bring in a second Y, that's likely to be Miles Kitzelman. And on the offensive line, uh, the way I project it right now is uh, I think the the new left tackle will be J.C. Latham switching over from the right side. I think he'll play the left side uh, this 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 fall. And next to him, a little bit of a surprise at left guard, Caden Proctor, the true freshman from Iowa. I think he might ultimately win that left guard spot. Seth McLaughlin returns at center. He'll be the center backed by James Brockermeyer. At, at right guard, uh, Tyler Booker. Uh, he'll switch from the left side where he played in the bowl game to the right side because he's got some experience because we're going to need some experience at right guard because I'm projecting that the right tackle will be Elijah Pritchett, uh, who redshirted this past year, uh, also battled some injury issues. He'll be totally healthy. I think the staff is sky high on him since he'll be brand new at right tackle. 
uh, need to put an experienced guard next to him, sort of help him with assignments. That'll be uh, Tyler Booker, who will return, basically be a returning starter. So that's the the five some I see as the starting offensive line today. Latham, Proctor, McLaughlin, Booker, Pritchett. And uh, that'll be basically your uh, your first team offense next fall, as I see it today. Look, I, I think the first thing that stands out is is the Ty Simpson over Jalen Milrow. Um, I, I think, but I think you're right. Uh, I, again, for no other reason than we've seen Jalen Milrow start a couple games and he okay. Um, and I think that Ty Simpson might be able to do better. I, it, it, it's almost like I'm taking a chance on the unknown versus the known. I mean, and really I'm usually the other way around about this, but the other thing that sort of is interesting to me is the uh, running back situation. Look, Jason McClellan, I went back and watched some of the Kansas state game. McClellan had some nice burst in that Kansas state game. I mean, he's, uh, let's let's not forget he he had an eighty yard touchdown against Texas. I mean he's he's got some speed. He's he can, he can be a dude. Um, but I would say his uh, his tenure at Alabama has been good, not great. And mm-hmm. so I, I think given our history of running backs of late, we're we'd prefer to see great. <laughs> uh, that's the most obvious thing I've ever said. Um, but I love Jamarian Miller. I love what he brings to the table. And then, you know, Roy Dell, I think, is what Roy Dell is. I don't know that he's a number one back. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. He can be a Brian Robinson type. And I know Brian Robinson was a number one back uh, his senior year. But um, I think that there's nothing wrong with Roy Dell's role. I'm trying to say that three times real fast. Um, What I'm interested in is the two guys coming in, in Richard Young and Justice Haynes, these two guys are already fan favorites. Now, look, look, whenever you sign a running back, they immediately become a fan favorite because everybody just sees the highlights of a running back and they just go gaga. But Richard Young is also just – he's he's so full of Bama. He's, it's funny. Both of these guys have some Mark Ingram in them. I think uh, Justice Haynes has the Mark Ingram, like, work ethic, body, running style, and Richard Young has the just so full of Bama. He is just a Bama. He was making fun of Peter Woods at the – under Armour All-American game the other day, or or was that just the was that the Army All-American game? I can't remember. It's just Under Armour, Under Armour, yeah, they're okay. they're at the UA game. Okay, so um, by the way, which is also today at four o'clock, I can't wait to see that. Um, but anyway, those two guys may play a big role in this too. So I think that that's interesting. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, you're gonna go over the defense. Okay, we're back. So Jimmy. The defense, just like I said. Do I say, Jimmy? The only position that we really substitute on defense is the defensive line. People notice over the years, Saban is a creature of habit. We can sort of do the same thing year after year in terms of subs, and, and I hope everyone has noticed by now, after 16 years, we play, we substitute, rotate a lot on the defensive line. Don't really rotate at all at linebacker and defensive back, so that's the way I'm going to stick with this team overview. But uh, I think the three primary defensive linemen that we'll see will be uh, Jaheim Otis uh, returning a nose guard. Hopefully, Justin Aboigbe will be back playing the defensive line position. I think uh, uh, assuming that his health is good, and right now we have no reason to think that it won't be. So I'm going to go Aboigbe, Jaheim Otis, and Tim Smith as the primary three defensive linemen. I think it uh, uh, they'll be backed by Jamil Burrows, who played quite a bit this year, Damon Payne, who was playing quite a bit down the stretch, and Jamarian Latham 
who played with the first team quite a bit. So we have an experienced group up front, uh, but really spearheaded, I think, by Otis and a Boigby, who I think could play maybe at an all-SEC level next next year. But it's a nice, deep group, uh, and you'll always have fresh bodies there. Uh, outside linebackers, the, the two primary guys, I see uh, Dallas Turner and uh, Chris Braswell. Obviously, Dallas will be one of the big stars of the team, one of the big stars of college football. He's likely to be on some preseason All-American teams. Braswell, a very experienced, very good player at outside linebacker. Could see freshman Keon Keeley. Uh, how about him playing a uh, – an every uh, a first team role maybe in dime rabbit you know which basically means third and long third and 10 second and 12 second and 15 third and 15 and you go to a dime defense i could see keely uh being one of our primary pass rushers in that group uh so that's something we'll talk about all off season uh with that outside linebacker group but primarily dallas turner and chris braswell inside i'm projecting right now that the uh, primary inside linebacker the mike the leader will be deontay lawson uh, returning for year three, played really well in the bowl game, smart uh, leader. Uh, he'll be the one calling the defense. I think the Juco uh, inside linebacker, Justin Jefferson, will line up next to him. And those will be the primary two. Good competition here because you got your Sean Murphy, your Jihad Campbell, your, uh, your Kendrick Blackshire. So there's competition, but I like Deontay Lawson and Justin Jefferson to be the, the inside linebackers. And then in the defensive backfield where there's also great competition considering we lost so many guys. But uh, I, I see, as of today, the starting cornerbacks being Kool-Aid McKinstry and Eli Ricks, maybe uh, the best cornerback duo in college football. Kool-Aid probably the premier corner in the sport. Uh, the star, or the nickel corner that we call star, uh, I see being the highly experienced Malachi Moore. He'll be the leader of the defensive back room, uh, the defensive back uh, backfield guys, uh, Malachi, he might move to safety and be an every down safety. That could happen too. But uh, my projection today is he'll be the star uh, replacing Brian Branch. And then the two primary safeties, uh, maybe it maybe might surprise people. I've got Christian Story winning a spot. He might be more of a long shot. If, I, if I'm really wrong about something, it might be projecting Story to start. But I've been such a Christian Story fan. We need a traffic uh, cop back there to replace Jordan Battle. This will be Christian's fourth year in the program. Uh, he really knows the scheme really well, was a quarterback in high school, is used to leading a team on the field. I can see Christian's story being the experienced safety, the signal caller, uh, and alongside of him, the playmaker, the true freshman, Caleb Downs, who I'm also projecting to be an immediate freshman starter. Uh, and, and I think those two will be the, the, the primary safety story and Downs, Malachi Moore at, at slot, and then uh, uh, Ricks and, and McKinstry outside a corner. I believe it's very fair to say that outside of Christian Story's mama, nobody loves Christian Story more than you and I do. And I'm including his father. I, I don't know his father. I'm just throwing that out there. I, I'm saying you and I have had a man crush on Christian Story for a long time. I got to call him in a 1A state championship game where he won the MVP playing quarterback and safety, and he scored from literally every position possible. He ended up with an interception. He had a sack. He was just unbelievable. So I've been waiting for the Christian Story breakout and um, the Christian Story breakout story. Um, it hadn't happened yet. I think it will happen. You on that. I love your pick there. Uh, Eli Ricks being on the list is interesting because – as you know, he will be announcing today, I think at one o'clock, whether or not he's going pro. It, uh, the, it feels like the tea leaves are leaning towards his returning to Alabama. Uh, that's certainly no guarantee. By the time this podcast 
as some of you, he will have already announced. So you will have to have maybe adjusted your 2023 list. If you do adjust your list, let's say Rick's did go pro. If yeah, you had to easy. adjust it, who takes that spot? Yeah, easy answer to me. Terrion Arnold, who I thought played really yeah. well. I hated leaving him out of the lineup, frankly, because I think Terrion played as a freshman <laughs> worthy of being a, a sophomore starter that we had to look forward to. I think Terrion had a really good uh, season for a guy playing for the first time. Uh, if Ricks is gone, I would uh, slide Terrion Arnold in there at corner. And, you know, uh, and Ricks could be gone. Uh, you know, as, as we talk about this, you know, Ricks and Jermaine Burton, uh, believe it or not, there's rumors that Burton may change his mind and, and he may leave. So I did uh, have a couple guys in there that uh, still may go pro before the deadline. But uh, again, uh, when I say it's today's projection, I'm I'm projecting who's on the roster today. I got you. I got you. It all makes sense. I'm rostered this this morning because obviously that's something that could change by the hour and by the minute. Okay. That's going to do it for this podcast today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk some Under Armour All-American results. We'll talk Ole Miss and uh, we'll talk about a lot of other football stuff. So thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate you guys so very much. And until tomorrow, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.